0: If you have been following the Discover More journey, you know that I've been using Spotify for podcasters since 2020. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters, spotify.com slash podcasters to start creating immediately. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Discover More where we strive to discover more through intentional dialogues. My name is
1: Benoit. And my name is Aiden. This podcast will serve as a space to exchange ideas from the collective experience. Hey, good morning, everyone. We hope you had a great weekend. Today, we're continuing our conversation with fitness coach and entrepreneur, Anna Robinson. We dive into intuitive eating and why Anna believes no food should be off limits. She also shares two of her favorite client success stories, as well as her strategies for recovery and self-care. This one's a great listen for anyone who wants to improve their approaches to nutrition and stress management. We hope you enjoy this episode of Discover More with us and Anna Robinson. That's great to hear and very evident just in the energy and light that you're bringing through all interactions. I remember, I think it was the week that you quit, I saw you more so time socially than I had in the six months I knew before knowing you just because you had all that time you were out and enjoying the time with your friends, getting to know the city that you're now living in. Yeah. So like we said at the very beginning, hindsight always comes after you've had time to reflect. So I'm sure you weren't exactly learning lessons when you were in the thick of it, But now that you've had some time to deconstruct that experience what are some of the biggest lessons that your time at f45 taught you
2: to not say yes i can all the time and to stand your ground i was a yes i can yes i can even if i couldn't i said i could because i wanted to be the provider and i was the badass female entrepreneur and i was like you know what like whether this is my role or not i'm going to do it because it's helping you out and then that started i started to lose myself because i didn't have a, a, a ground a foundation a brick and mortar to work off of i was working in quicksand and i was drowning because i said yes too much so now i've taken that into my coaching position back again with orange theory in this new city i'm coaching at three studios i am now standing my ground if i think that i'll be burnt out if i sub those classes i can't sub them i'm sorry That's, those aren't my responsibilities anymore. So that helped me bring back my life again. And even now I turned 25 in two weeks, and now I'm able to take a weekend trip to New York city with my boyfriend. And he's even noticed that I'm enjoying life more, which puts our relationship, which is so vital and important to me into better terms. And he went through a lot of job stress with his accounting job and the tension of that during busy season right around the time I was spiraling. So we were both spiraling. So I feel like any solid relationship, whoever you're with, whoever your partner is, you have to be life partners. And it's not about a big blingy ring on your finger. It's about who's your actual ride or die and not just because of the hashtag. Who is going through the trenches with you and coming out on the other side? Who's celebrating the victories and who's celebrating the losses? Like you said, hindsight, what are the learning experiences from that? He took his learning experiences into his new job as an analyst with Penn Medicine. He was able to level up and he loves his job so much more. He's able to think more. He's not filling in tax form boxes like I know Aiden knows about. So he's able to use his educational integrity and his, he's so smart. And I'm just like thinking about it like he's, It makes me so happy and smile to know that he's happier because now I'm in a role that best suits my needs. And what's so crazy is if you actually trust your process of life, sometimes you will actually come out higher on the other side, sometimes you won't. So I never view F45 as a bad thing. I met so many people here, they made Philadelphia my home and my community. I'm not looking to move anywhere anytime soon. So they helped me provide that by this job. But now I feel like I'm in a role with Orange Theory again that, enables me to be 100% in a block of 5 to 6 hours and what's so crazy is now I'm even making more money because I say no and because I say yes at the right time. So it's just really dedicating and being more control of your time. Break down the 24 hours and don't overload your plate because it will break underneath you. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned is I well, I said yes too many times because I wanted to be a provider, I wanted to be the best and I wanted to put myself second. I put everybody else before me, but then I lost myself. So then now I'm trying to reverse that and not be completely self-absorbed, but in a safe and sanity way. That's the biggest thing.
1: So well said. Our guest Nick Belletto has a saying that you can't fill others' cups if your cup isn't full. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. You can't be the provider if you aren't provided for yourself. So that makes so much sense, whether it's the cup analogy, the plate analogy. Um, That seems like a huge lesson learned.
2: 100%. And that can be applied to any career, any life, whether you're a stay-at-home mom dealing with crying babies all day, or whether you're working a really high-stress job on Wall Street. It can be... Fitness. It could be you're a social studies teacher and you're trying to convince this brat who's in detention all the time that he needs these, these learning lessons. He needs these classes. So everybody goes through that and you have to find resources and hobbies that enable you to be the best version of yourself and you should show up every single day. If you feel like you're not showing up every single day, analyze your day and figure out what you can fix and then figure out, is it the job that's the root of the issue? Or maybe you're, is it the people? What is it? That way you can better analyze it for yourself. I'm also a big believer. Yes, I'm in a relationship. However, I don't rely on Nick for pretty much anything. Like we are both very independent people. We're very self-sufficient. We view our relationship as supportive and very compassionate, but it's not like, I need you for income or, you know, vice versa. I think that it's super important to be confident in being by yourself because if you, if you don't feel like you can be by yourself no matter how extroverted you are you will feel like you can't support anyone around you essentially because how are you leading your life in that sense
0: and it's also the idea of like a spillover effect right because when you're in the negative space the negativity is contagious not just to the people around you not not just the space around you, but also to yourself to your other aspects of your life yeah and of course you embarked on this coaching journey a long time ago because you found your passion in it. And of course, I'm sure that passion is deeply rooted in the fact of impacting people, right? These ability of yours and these stories that you hear back from your clients and how you're tangibly and in real life terms impacting your people. And could you share some of your impact stories that you had with your other clients? And I'm sure you've on a tangible level, you've changed some people's lives on a very profound level, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, with my platform as a fitness coach, no matter what company I'm working for, it's a people to people business. And my ultimate goal is to make sure that this is the best hour of your day. and. I feel like a lot of these impacts started happening in college where I was just a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, or a senior, and I was still making sure everybody felt like they were on the same level as me, whether I was in the front of the bike and I was looking at a lot of blank faces, or whether I was in there facing the mirror with them, looking at what the new instructor's doing. So I think that. A couple big impactful moments is chronic disease runs through everybody's blood in one way, shape or form. Sometimes it's, um, manifests into terrible issues like cancer, you know, death, heart attacks, car crashes. You seriously don't know if tomorrow will exist. So show to everybody that you're living your life to the fullest and you're doing exactly what you love and try to seek that if you're not there yet, because you will find it. and that success will come with you. So there's so many stories I could say. There's letters that were written to me. There's, you know, treats that were given to me. These people are going out of their way and you just don't know the profound effect you have on them. This one client in Washington, DC was going through a divorce and her wife had cancer. And then after the cancer, while she was standing by her side, uh, that her wife left her. So, Complete abandonment. I can't even imagine the feeling of that when you are committing through sickness and health and then you just dip off and leave. For Ann, she went to 4 30 p.m., Orange Theory, Washington, D.C., every Monday through Friday. Every Monday through Friday. And I wasn't always the coach on the mic at 4 30, but I was two days a week. And then we had Coach Christopher and Molly two days a week. Like she, Felt like she had a home within her disaster of a tornado outside of those doors. So when she eventually had to leave Washington, D.C., because it was reminding her of so many terrible things, she moved south, retired. She was ex-military Marine, like badass woman. And now she's enjoying life so much more and very independent. Her son's in college, very successful. And she's just doing so much better now. When she left, she told us that you all saved my life. And she pointed to each of us as coaches and we all started crying. We saved her life by coaching? What? Like that's just such a concept, but Every day that she was there, reminded her that there was hope and that there was gonna be light on the other side and that we were gonna get her through that. And then we would get her through anything that happened in the future. So that was a big moment for us. And me, myself and my team in DC, that was huge for us. And I'm sure that that wears on their sleeve every single day, a lot of them are still coaches. And the other fun story outside of that is Samantha Dos Santos and David Hubbin were Two clients of mine they started as pretty much founding members at the dc orange theory location they used to take um the 6 45 pm together david worked in a high stress job sam was in her third year of law school so she was dealing with pressures working for a jury things like that and they would come to class and sam samantha was just like very independent standoffish like not loving at all and david's this guy from canada moved to houston like super loving holds the door open for you kind of thing so we all grab drinks after like a friday night class like coaches and some of the clients and afterwards i'm like i think david likes you and Samantha's like what are you talking about and i was like no actually like i think he's trying to approach you but he he's very timid of you like you're very you speak vol you don't have to be loud in the room like you he knows you're very confident and like true in yourself but just open up to him let's just see what happens you've been single a while let's see and after a couple years later they're engaged and it's like samantha told me she's like you're coming to my bachelor you're coming to the wedding and you're going to be speaking at that wedding so shout out to y'all but yeah i mean it's just so crazy there's so many amazing life opportunities if she still stayed closed door to him she wouldn't have found the love of her life and they love each other. Like that's so cool that you could be a matchmaker, you could be a lifesaver in this type of format, but you have to break away from the mold of one minute push, 30 second all out. It's so much more than the workout. It's so much more than the template. What are you going to provide to your clients?
0: So you thought once you find my future wife. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is, it might be.
1: Yes, come
2: through Ben, I cool, got cool, you. cool, cool. cool. <laughs> So
1: both of those are really powerful stories, and it sounds like the transition of two strangers working out at a workout class to now engaged or now married at this point. I think that kind of shines a light on the shared struggle of going through a workout class. You know, I think there's a lot of connection that can occur in the emotional setting of a workout, whether it's the endorphins of the actual workout or the camaraderie through getting something through that's so difficult Um, because ultimately it is so much more than fitness in both cases of the stories you told. So what do you think about each of those stories or one specifically that kind of shines a light on why it is more than fitness?
2: I think both exemplify our platform is more than the fitness template. It's more than the fitness space because people are hesitant to ask for help and they're they don't realize that they are seeking something that they need in that space outside of what's there, what's being provided. So you have to create this third space. You have your home, you have your work. What's your third space? And a lot of people choose either fitness or partying outlie the rest of your third space. And It just so happened to be that you guys would be great together. You should give it a chance. I didn't have any other details behind that fact, but it's so crazy because they actually developed into, we were running right next to each other on treads 14 and 15, and we didn't realize we were going through some of the same struggles and some of the differences within our careers, but we're very compatible for each other. We we have a lot of similarities and different likes and dislikes, things like that. And then with Anne, with her struggle with her failing marriage and she was trying to care for her as she was going through chemotherapy, she needed a complete outlet of all the bullshit that she was going through. A true, genuine coach will go the extra mile and help somebody that's struggling and help enhance somebody's life. You're always there to find that enhancement. But are you going to go the extra step after stretching and cool down to stop by? Anne, how are you? Like... Put the question on them. They'll they'll share with you if they wanna share with you. They're probably not gonna be fake though. They're probably gonna be very honest like, I'm doing really bad right now and what's going on? She wouldn't have told us that she was going through that unless we had approached her in a caring manner of, we're here for you and we wanna be more for you. We had a great send off class for her when she decided to move. All of her closest co-workers were there, family, friends, us as coaches were there, minus our crazy schedules. And we had some of our coaches in grad school, some of our coaches working full-time jobs. They took the day off to be with that noon class. That was 100% very impactful. And she still remembers and will always remember that. And she definitely keeps in touch with us on Facebook, you know, follows our journey. But it also kind of ties into, you have so many different age gaps within your group and I'm young for my platform of coaching. How can I best relate to somebody that's double my age? 50 years old. She was 54. But yet I'm I'm her friend. I'm her companion. Her her rock. And I helped her get through that. And so did the rest of my team. And we're all of varying ages and levels. So it's just all about human connection. Doesn't have discrimination. It doesn't have any age barriers. It's who are you gonna be when no one's looking? And that's the biggest thing. And then with with a more fun, lighthearted story with Sam and David, it was just so ironic. It's like, really, like, that's just so wild that you guys were just working out side by side together. That's the only constant connection that you had. You had completely different work lives, you had school schedules, you lived in different areas of of the district, but then that brought you together. So it just, any sort of space like that, like a gym setting, I wanna make sure it's all about community building and it's client focused in that sense.
0: I think with your answer and then the stories of Ann, David, and Samantha, I think you perfectly elude this idea that fitness, it's all about nuances, right? And I think life was all nuances. And because your well-being is such a multi-dimensional, multi-aspect, and multi-layered process, that fitness is simply a, a level and a one aspect of your overall well-being. I'd like to ask you as the coach, Anna, right, who have other nuances to offer, such as nutrition and diet. Can you talk about how those aspects of the fitness going to impact your overall well-being? Because you're only in the gym once a day, five five hours a week, right? Whereas you're eating, you're sleeping, all these other practices and habits uh, comprise of more space and more time in your life. Mm-hmm. So we really love some pointers and tips from you as a, as a coach.
2: So I know that not all diets and health habits work for every single person. So I always recommend, you know, seeking somebody in that profession, registered dietitians, your medical professionals, things like that but something within my own scope of practice. Um, you know, I part of my degree was in human nutrition. Um, we really broke down the foods and the psychology behind why are we grabbing more sugary items? Is there actually like chemical addiction components to what we put in our mouths? Some things that I do is I focus on intuitive eating. If I create too many walls and barriers and too much strictness in my diet, I will binge eat. I've never been on a diet and I thank my mother for not putting me on anything like that. She was never a dieter and we always viewed it as energy is, what is it, expenditure in and out. And you wanna fuel your tank. You don't wanna be running on empty all day and you can't be only eating you know, the sugars, the fats and the fructose corn syrup choices. You need to have the nutrient-dense foods, green vegetables, fruits, and variety with proteins and rice and beans, things like that. And I'm not a vegetarian. I um, I enjoy fish. I enjoy meat. I enjoy, you know, leafy greens, fruits. I love food. Um, so I'm big on intuitive eating because it keeps control of what is my body needing right now because whether you're a male or female, your chemical balances will shift every single month. So sometimes I'm more lenient towards, am I going to have that donut as a pre-workout? Or am I more lenient of, I'm going to chug some water, I'm not that hungry right now. And I'm big on just going with what your body needs in that moment and not putting too many barriers and strictness on yourself. And I know that's not going to work for everybody with you know different addictions and things like that. But I'm not big on crash dieting. I'm not big big on guilt tripping, whether I'm inside or outside the studio or the food that I post on my stories and my fitness pages. You know, it's usually kind of a balance of macro and micronutrients. I'm not big on big protein powders. And I've been about the same weight plus or minus five pounds since I was in college. Like I never even did too much partying in college. It was a good balance. And I was always active and working out and health and fitness minded. And I always viewed food as fuel. And however that can be applied in your life, that's how I would recommend it and how to balance that eating.
1: I think the intention of food as fuel is a really important distinction to make because it's all food has the macros and the micros, but it's ultimately the intention of what you're eating it for, I think, that really plays a long role. I mean, you would probably know better than our speculation, but say you're stressed out and cortisol is spiked at a time of, you know, binge eating some donuts or something. That's super different than saying, yeah, this donut has a lot of nutrients, but it's going to power me through this tough workout. Like, I see a lot of fitness influencers, you know, using donuts to – actually fuel their workouts because there is so much refined carbohydrates just to motor them through. Do you think there's a difference in terms of what food might do for you just in terms of the intention behind those foods? Yeah, I just
2: think with intuitive eating, there's no one set of food group or food item that is bad for you you make it bad for you, depending on the volume of intake and the, you know, when you have it. And like you said, if there's a purpose behind it, it will serve you. Um, if there's no purpose behind it, then, realize it's not serving you but realize it's not the end of the world you're still going to get through it it's just a couple calories you know what i mean and i think people become so controlling and so hard on themselves with diets that it's not that hard it's not some crazy mathematical equation of how many what shall i eat of this how much of shall i eat of this what day of the week monday versus friday just find movement that you love you can't be sedentary your whole life so if, you're, if you realize you're training for a half marathon and you're working out a lot harder than you have in volume and sets and reps, things like that, your body's gonna need more food. Energy's going out, you need energy in even more to find that homeostatic balance. So I always view it as like, what's your balance? And you know when you feel off balance, when you feel like your blood sugar level's rising and you feel like you're crashing, it's like, Maybe you have a headache or am I dehydrated? Have I not had enough water today? Like that can solve a lot of issues. Just listening to your body, being intuitive with your mind and your physical, and that can help you push through your day-to-day. And once you find certain food groups that you like, then you can experiment with other ones that you may not have tried before, see if you can incorporate it. And there's so many healthy, financially sensitive resources to eat well um, in our day-to-day. And you can go to just certain, like, local food markets, get a bunch of produce for a lot cheaper than you can get at, like, Acme on the shelves that's Mm -hmm. delivered from Brazil. Shop local, eat healthy, but also, and I'm not always the health keeper, you know, like, I like beer, I like wings, I like sushi. And I don't, as long as I'm not eating that every day, I don't feel the need to eat it every day because I have it in my diet. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if you're not depriving yourself of something, you're not going to be binging it. So have a life and have small pockets of happiness and you will feel and look and perform better. I always just view it. Like you said, food is fuel. I view it as like, I want to work out as hard as I can. I'm not looking to do any bodybuilding compositions. Kudos to anybody that does that. That's just not my style. And I just want it to be long, sustainable, healthy living.
1: I think that's almost a a lot healthier than those competitive lifestyles of tracking your water intake for six like literally every single detail of what's going into your body for six months and then the six months when you're in the off season you're eating three cheese pizzas like i think there's such a disparity of how much you're detail oriented towards what's going in and then just absolutely no no care in the world on the backside. but that real sustainable homeostasis of intuitive eating listening to your body i think that's a really beneficial way to eat and really control your nutrition and energy output uh, kind of across the board. Yeah. Less binging, more just living.
2: Exactly.
0: Uh, Could we provide a little bit more context? So, of course, we are, like us and many people who are very well versed in the fitness, I guess, industry or fitness culture, we are aware of what the intuitive eating is, right? So, but for those people who are out there who are not as saturated, who are not as familiar with the fitness, Culture or the wellness culture, I'd mm-hmm. say. How would you define intuitive eating? And how would you help those people distinguish between emotional eating and intuitive eating? Because a lot of our, this overweight culture is derived from people eating with their emotions and people with stress eating, right? So because intuitive eating, by definition, just from the word intuitive means intuition, but how do you know when to listen to it? Because Aiden talked about this before, where your body is the perfect accountant, so for people who are like us, we are very, very in sync with our bodies. And we've experimented with our bodies with different diet regimens and fitness regimens for years. So we're very in sync with our bodies. So we know when to listen to mm-hmm. it. But for those people who are ant- as well versus we are, how would you teach them and help them to find that balance between truly eating with your intuition versus eating with your emotion?
2: Yeah, because sometimes those can kind of you know crossfade into each other depending on our environment. Big thing is I view it as your gut instinct you know when you go into situations and you have this gut feeling like I don't know if I want to walk down that street alone right now like that I view as intuition and it's your body giving your mind signals of like do this don't do this and sometimes when clients come off of these crazy diets their intuitions off so I think sometimes you need like a detox phase of and I don't even know the entire specifics of it because I'm not a registered dietitian but Thankfully, I haven't had any crazy binging episodes or any crazy weight gain or weight loss, um, but I've always viewed it as kind of doing a roadmap. Like I'm not gonna have pasta two nights in a row, but I'm Italian, like once a week, I'm gonna have homemade meatballs with rigatoni with my boyfriend. Like that's that creates a safe, healthy bond with that type of food group. And if I go out and have ice cream on Friday, then I'm not going to binge it. If I completely exile ice cream from my life, then I'm going to be thinking about it all the time. Like, I really want that. Like we always want what we can't have. So why are you not enabling yourself to have it? Unless there's obviously like dietary restrictions. If you're allergic to something, of course, but that's your body saying your intuition, don't do that. You're going to get sick. You're going to need a shot for this. No, don't do that. You have to take a step back when you're, we've all been emotional in certain situations we've we've been reaching for certain things. Um, The biggest thing that I do is create a nice control group is I'm not gonna buy anything that I'm not, that I don't want in my pantry, in my living room, in my fridge, in my freezer. I'm not gonna buy when I'm grocery shopping, emotional eating. If I'm hungry when I'm shopping my groceries, I'm picking up Oreos, Pringles. And then when I'm very, like, my satiety is fine, I feel good, I'm picking up the bag of lettuce that I enjoy, the nice salad dressings, like the good, you know, fish, salmon, you know, sushi, things like that, like those foods, I feel like since I work out so much, I feel like I can enjoy certain those things without really changing my normal composition, if that makes sense. But there are times where I take a step back, am I emotionally eating this or am I eating this because I want to, and I have to find that voice inside, which one is it? And that can kind of steer, veer me into a different direction. But it definitely takes, like you said, a lot of hours, a lot of years, a lot of practice to figure out what works best for your metabolism, what works best with your, let's say you have Chrome disease. like you may have reactions to certain things that I don't. So. Definitely seek out any health coach, any registered dietitian, Um, usually your medical professional, your doctor. They may not know, but they may know people. So you really just kind of have to go through the resources and find the networking within the health field to figure out what's best for you and kind of learn those good, practices and not just rely on Instagram models. You have to go out and get the research to get the best results.
1: Yeah, really well said. And I think going grocery shopping full or hungry Seems like such a simple thing but it is an absolute game changer. Like yeah. sometimes when you go to the grocery store hungry, you come back and you just don't even know what you just bought. It's like wow,
2: $200 worth of yeah. shit. You're yeah. like, "Wait, what?" Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like, exactly. So yeah. I think that's kind of like a tangible thing. It's just eat a nice healthy meal before you go buy food for the rest of the week cuz that ultimately determines whether you're binge eating if there's Oreos, Even if you put it on the top shelf, like if you're trying to emotionally eat, you'll get the ladder and you'll go you get the Oreos, it You know where it is. Your
2: mind is your power. Yeah.
1: You know? So I think just really eating healthy foods before you go make those conscious decisions of the food that you're eating is giant. So, you know, in short, with grocery shopping, it sounds like, again, it's boiling down to intention, which I think is great. So... I wanted to highlight for all of us the fact
0: that you said the best way for you to distinguish between intuitive eating and stress eating or emotional eating is by setting the space and time aside to ask yourself in a very intentional manner that what am I feeling right now? Am I feeling stressed? Am I feeling happy? Am I feeling sorrowful? Or am I eating because I need to, because I want to, right? Yeah. Setting intention has been a very big goal and very big mission statement for you and Mm -hmm. a very big micro and macro habit. And like Aiden and myself, we meditate and we do all these other practices such as morning journaling to set that intention aside. Because every people do differently because everyone have different habits. And of course, you talked about your meditation practices and the fact that you are asking yourself whenever you're about to eat or when you go grocery shopping, you're asking and reaffirming your intention for that specific task. So can we talk and a little bit more in depth about what that is like and what are some of the other things that you do?
2: It's definitely been transformative because I, like most humans, we evolve every day, every month, every year. So it's not like I've always thought this way. And the environments that I lived in, a lot of different environments, different cities, different you know countries, obviously, but it's always been different. So you kind of have to be very, you have to be head on with adversity and you have to be very acclimated to adjusting so something that helped work for me was I never tried to starve myself I never tried to fit a certain size and I know that sometimes the in magazines and tv shows and you know social media it creates such dysmorphia to your body image especially women and young girls are being targeted earlier and earlier with the internet and so with our age group between 24 and like 26, 27 right now for us, we weren't exposed to it till later on we were more mature. But think about the kids now and the future generations, our own kids. When we, if we decide to have kids, like we have to figure out, wow, we have to like learn how to teach them things that maybe we never had to be taught because it wasn't in our environment. So big thing for me is finding a state of control in the chaos. And so I will try to meditate for five minutes every day and whether it's with or without music, eyes open or eyes closed, I maybe focus on a candle lit flame and I stare at it and I just let my stress and emotions dissolve. And then that helps me prioritize needs and wants. That's kind of what it breaks down to. I'm accepting that I want X, Y, or Z to eat and I do it. I'm not going to restrain myself, but then I'll eat this because I need it X, Y, or Z because I'm going to go work out later. What's my favorite pre-workout? So it's all about, just like I said, finding a movement that you like. It may not be running and it may not be lifting like we're into as as the three of us, but it may be yoga, it may be dance, it may be Zumba, you know, it could be anything. So you have to find the foods that are nutrient dense the majority of the time that help power you and fuel you for the rest of your days. And you should be able to treat yourself to some treats and snack. As long as everything feels good chemically and physically, you should have that certain balance of, this is energy and it's going to be used in this way, whether it supports me emotionally or whether and I'm in control or it it helps me perform physically for what I'm about to do, the exercise bout that I'm about to do. Um, so I think that meditation has definitely been something that I've incorporated in my life in the past year with that type of stress, stressful work environment. I needed a sense of control and that was the biggest, most intense job I ever took on with that 45. I took it on when I was 23. And I feel like I had so much more learning to do. And I had a lot of weight on my shoulders for expectations of somebody that was like a 35-year-old. So I think that that kind of helped me find a balance with my eating and, you know, intake outtake patterns.
1: So similar to deciding of what to eat based on what meditation and your intuition is telling you, do you think that intuition played into decision-making when scaling such a business? Like you did start it from the ground up, interacting with the contractors, like the real... Big time decisions of uh, of starting a brand new studio. So, do you think were you in more aligned with intuition based on? meditation? Did that help in the entrepreneurial journey of building that from the ground up?
2: 100%. And I think that anybody and anywhere can practice meditation. And I was somebody that is, as you know, like such an energizer, bee, like buzzing around everywhere. And it really helped bring the calm, nurturing side of my personality. There are times when I can be pretty introverted. That's where I recharge. So that way I can be during the 12 hour day, the people that They know me as best Anna, but another true side of Anna is that meditation practice, that calm side, that finding the passion in the music and the playlist making. I do that with my, with the Bose headphones on, and I'm just completely absorbed in it. Is this going to work with this interval? Is this going to work with the emotional message in the lyrics? So I think that music and meditation has been completely flowing in and out of my veins and in my life. And it really impacts my decision-making.
1: Really well said. And I haven't heard of the staring directly at a candlelight before. Yeah. But that's gigantic because a lot of people, I think, say that they're bad at meditating. They're like, oh, I'll just start thinking if I start trying to meditate. But having that physical thing to look at and I guess capture your focus really pays enormous dividends. That's almost, I'd say, a hack into meditating pretty easy. Not easily, but yeah. kind of a makes it simpler for people that may struggle with it elsewhere.
2: Yeah, I just think that a flame is such a unique structure and you, it changes color, it moves, it's dynamic. So it keeps you interested in it. If I just stare at, out the window and I'm just like, my mind's wandering cause I'm seeing so many different things. But if I actually pinpoint and focus on one thing and it's something that's attractive to the eye, it will put you in that meditative state. So that's something that I recommend to people that are first practicing. Cause sometimes you don't want to hear somebody on an audiobook, and you may just like trail off like, oh man, I have a deadline, I'm, I'm in grad school right now, I have to go to work in 10 minutes. Is this wasting my time? It's not wasting your time. Think of it as this is your moment, take yourself back a notch, try it. Everybody has a candle, light it, stare at it for five minutes and you'll have a completely different look and your vision may be a little weird after, but you should definitely try it. It definitely helps out. Find your center, find your focus.
0: Yeah, I've never connected meditation and intention with grocery shopping or eating before. So it's kind of cool that we're tying all this because I think a lot of people misconceptualize the idea of uh, meditation, right? Of course, Aiden was like the vanguard that helped me ignite on my meditation journey a few months ago now. I've been meditating very consistently, but I think the sole purpose and the greatest benefit of meditation is just to be still and to be present. If people have different catalysts and people have different venues of achieving that, uh, state. And you, of course, by using looking at the flame, you're looking at... Because flame is present, right? Like if the flame is on, that means the candle is lit, which is like the very present moment. And p- different people meditate differently. So when you're meditating, it, it means it's to be present and it's to be there at the moment. Mm-hmm. So when you're grocery shopping, when you're listening to your intuitive eating, your intuition, you have to be truly present to be able to listen in on your, on your thought. Because by asking yourself the question of... What am I feeling right now? Am I eating because I want to, or am I yeah. eating because I'm stressed, or I'm feeling all this emotion attached to my decision? Right. Of course, intuition is such a meta thing, and it's very difficult for us to be able to teach people the tangible or concrete skill sets of oh, how am I going to develop my intuition, or how, how do I know that thought is intuitive thought versus that thought is my emotional uh, reaction? And so, I'm not going to ask you those questions, but. Uh, No, I think it's it's great that uh, you're using being present and using intention as your Mm -hmm. anchor and your skill set to direct every seemingly trivial action such as grocery shopping or eating. Yeah. And I want to use that to fully circle back and to kind of of conclude this Is it sounds like intention has been this mission statement and intention has been this true north that guided you since you were 14, since you first embarked on this fitness journey, since you found this passion to changing people's lives literally. And so you as a coach, you as Coach Anna, if you are to uh, give advices and pep rally and pep talk to a group of mentees that you're interested in, what are some of the advices you can give, whether tangible or not?
2: Absolutely. So one of the big things is really living out your passions will make you so much happier. And instead of the phrase, you only live once, you should be living every single day. Um, So I never liked the YOLO term because like that means you're gonna be exotic and crazy all at once. And then it's gonna be the complete opposite of what you do the next day. So I think that you should live every single day. There is a set definite, you will die once and we don't know when that's gonna happen. So you need to make sure that you're happy with what you're doing. And that's kind of the lessons that you will learn each experience, whether good, bad, it will better build your character and build your own unique personal brand as your name. And the other thing, like I said earlier, was whatever your light is, your light is something that you're best at. And it's something where you are the most helpful and where you impact positively in such a negative world. We really need light. And that's where things grow. Plants, animals, humans. We need light. We need vitamin D. That, theoretically speaking, can be whatever you're good at. You need to shine it and you need to pursue it and you need to make sure it's as bright as possible. So that way people are more keen to your lessons and more keen to your role, whatever it is as their leader, as their pack leader. What are you going to be? And the other thing that I definitely learned, um, I was taking a fitness class a couple months ago. And it was during a really hard last set. It was a backtrack and we were doing a bunch of clean impresses and I felt like my arms were noodles. And she said on the mic that I needed to trigger my response of how I was gonna proceed was, who are you gonna be when things get tough? And that is your true character. Not when things are easy, not that easy pathway, you're going right in front of you, come this way, green light. It's like, where are those obstacles? Who are you gonna be when things get tough? Are you gonna avoid them? Are you gonna run right through them? So I view it as obstacles are there to go right through them and prove to yourself that you are strong enough and that will prove that you're strong to everybody that you impact. And that creates a better work, life, and all of your relationships. You will be standing your ground and that's something I've learned the past couple years is stand your ground not always say yes and be focused on your truest self because likes attract likes and that's who you're going to attract with you.
0: No, I love the idea of how whoever coached that shared on the mic about who are you gonna be at the toughest moment. I think that statement really holds a lot of volume because you're right. We, it's easy to be great. It's easy to be seemingly perfect at the easy moments, right? But I think it's in the face of adversity, that's when your, your true self, your true nature really shines if you're able to conquer those moments. And I've never talked about this before, and I'm a Christian with my faith. But without going to my faith, I just want to share advice that received my mom, and I will tie that into a second advice that my mom gave me. Is She said, as a Christian, you need to pray when it's the hardest to pray. So people always pray about, oh, pray for wealth, pray for happiness, pray for X, Y, and Z. And humans are constantly demanding X, Y, and Z from God, right? And people only pray when he sues them, mm-hmm. right? People pray twice a year, go to church or whatever it is. But when things go rough, like when you lose your beloved ones, when you lose, when you just experience some devastating losses, people stop praying because they blame God for whatever happens, right? But my mom says... It's true. It's, this, it's the exact same idea of your, who are you going to be at the face of adversity. It's the same for as a Christian, pray hardest when it's hardest to pray. Mm-hmm. Because that's who you are. That really shines on your faith, similar to it shines on who you are as a person in those yeah. adversity windows. So I love you shared that. And then the second thing my mom taught me is, she said, it's the idea of like dilemma, right? So whenever you face any sort of dilemma in life, any obstacles let's say you came to a full stop at a life intersection and you ask the question is what should i do in this moment what should i do in the face of this adversity what should i do at this challenge my mom's ask yourself that question and then whatever answer you get do the opposite because in our human nature we are hardwired evolutionally to look for shortcuts so whatever the answer you generate from asking your question of what should i do at this moment you're going to find quote unquote, the most optimal or most efficient way or strategy or outcome, but that may not be the most optimal or the most ideal or profound outcome that you chose mm-hmm. because that's the easy way out. And my mom said, you're going to come up with easy way out and make sure you always do the opposite. And I think that's uh, alludes to the exact same idea you talked about when you're faced with obstacles, rather than going around it, uh, going straight through it, right? Yeah. And because in the uh, Army Reserve, we have the saying of the path of least resistance is when you're about to enter unknown territory, you're in your squad, you have your weapons, and it's completely unknown. The fear is very, very uh, present because you don't know what's about to happen. In those situations, with life and death, you want to find the path of least resistance because there is no point of going home into a jungle of uh, bullets and ammunition. So in that sense, but I think in life, it's very important to, like you talked about, hold your ground, stay tuned to who you are, and pick the path of most resistance because those resistance and those adversity will help you grow as a person. So we love,
1: and I love that you share that.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, Ben, that's a really awesome example and great advice that your mom's giving, because I think a lot of us are, I guess, trained or just through education, it's almost encouraged to have the less is more approach, the minimum effective dosage, kind of studying as little as you can to get the A on the test. Um, everyone alludes to that less is more slogan, especially in the fitness space, but I think it's really important to point out that you embrace the obstacles, kind of face challenges when needed. I mean, I think that's a big reason why we're, say, podcasting on a Sunday. That's a difficult thing to be doing, chatting through big ideas when you could be out partying for an Eagles game or something like that. It's embracing the struggles when times are tough. So how has that balance kind of impacted your life for the decisions that you're making uh, work-related or elsewhere?
2: It's definitely impacted all my decision-making no matter the circumstance the environment is Quality means a lot more than quantity to everybody around you and for yourself. So I feel like I was getting lost in how many hours I was working and all the responsibilities I had to do, that I wasn't a specialty in one or the other, and that it wasn't as confined and structured of responsibility, that it started to mesh into and pretty much lose the prosperity and the magic of the moment. So something that I've learned now is that the quality when I'm on the microphone and I'm coaching is I'm going to be the best version of myself. So that way I can expect the best from my clients and I want to enhance their life to the best of my capabilities within the hour that I have with them. And they're rushing out of here to go to work. It's 5am. They start work at seven and they work till 7pm. So, you know, they are there because that's the only hour they're there. And I have clients that are a mom of two and she has a husband and they have different workout schedules because of the kids schedules and she's a full-time teacher and he's a full-time professional so it really takes teamwork in that sense and I have to really recognize and adjust my quality to each of my individuals but that's what people will remember is who you are in that moment not across all the years it's like what is your trademark and who are you going to be in that moment
0: yeah I think that perfectly ties back to what you shared with us earlier about how one of the greatest lessons you learn is by saying yes less. Mm-hmm. Because as talented as you are, as competent as you are, everyone comes with a very finite amount of energy and talent and resources. And when you had to divide your energy and your talent so dividely across the spectrum of uh, studio manager, the startup operator, the, the coach, right? You inevitably lost a lot of those magical moments, like you said, in the moment because you weren't able to streamline your 100% of you, who you are as Anna Robinson to your clients 100% because your life demanded you. And by you being able to learn to say yes less, you're now optimally allocating your time and talent and energy truly, truly wisely and optimally to your clients who are the people who inspire you to embark on this journey, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think you don't want your life, your passion to be transactional, you know? You want that to be transformational like our guests talked about last week. And because you're out there trying to transform people's lives, you're not just going through the motion, and you're not going, you're not just simply providing events, like you always talked about You're creating
2: experience. Exactly. So,
0: uh, really, really appreciate what you shared with us today.
2: Yeah, thank you, Ben and Aiden, for having me. This has been an awesome, different approach than what I'm used to, and I hope that this brings it packs in a lot of value for listeners, you know, near and far. And I know there's been clients that have been like, we need to hear your voice. We need to hear what you're saying. We need to see what you're doing now. And it's, this is so profound that you could be listening for this full hour, two hour segment, this two week segment of let's all learn and grow from each other because you're never going to level up unless you learn and grow. And I feel like this is just another opportunity that I appreciate you guys brought into my life to help shine light on others. So I appreciate it.
0: So we're extremely motivated, inspired. I feel like I could go run a two marathons <laughs> right now with your with your coaching. So before we let you go, we want to provide a outlet for you to share some of the exciting opportunities that you may have, or for the other people who are as inspired as we are, trying to, you know, get coached on by you or come find you. So what are the some of the things that you want to share with the people? Where could that find you, and etc.
2: So my fitness Instagram page is anaerobic fitness. Um so that's kind of like a ha ha like anaerobic zone, but it's A N N A like my name. Um so anaerobic underscore fitness. And then if you guys want to listen to what I'm listening to on Spotify, um, besides the podcasts, it will be A underscore Rob nineteen. And that's where I kind of curate all of my fitness playlists, whether it's me and myself in the gym working on myself or whether it's I'm coaching a class of 45 individuals. So um you'll be able to see those and um see what's going on in my life and I be happy to share with the happenings every day.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Discover More. We release a new episode every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And it would really appreciate if you have subscribed
1: and shared this with your friends. We hope you enjoyed this episode and join us next week in the journey of discovering more through intentional dialogues.